0: Welcome to Live Let Thrive, a podcast about the Airbnb life, the share economy and everything in between. Here are your hosts, Micah and Steve.
1: Hello, hello, hello. And welcome back to another
2: exciting episode of Live Let Thrive. What is up, Micah, man?
1: I'm chilling, Stevie Stacks. How you doing?
2: Ah, pretty good, man. Long day of work, ready to do this podcast and think. And this is episode 141, as you, as you told me just now, <laughs> of your favorite Airbnb, VRBO, uh, real estate podcast in the world. And we have a special guest today. Who we got today, Stevie Stacks. His name is Mike G. <laughs> I was about to flow, but I, I didn't have I love that. it. I love it. Should have <laughs> went. Should have went. <laughs> Mike, G- what is his name? Gillespie. Gillespie. I was going to say Gillespie, but Gillespie. Cool. Yeah, well, welcome, Mike, to the show. And you're going to lay down some some good stuff for us today. It's going to be a good episode and uh, ready to roll, man. Y'all ready? Let's do it. All right, let me read this bio real quick. Mike Glaspy is a commercial real estate broker in Charlotte, North Carolina. Mike received his bachelor's degree in business management and is currently pursuing a master's in business administration. He served 10 years in the U.S. Army with the major majority spent in special operations as a Green Beret. Since purchasing his first investment property in 2014, Mike switched his focus to create creative investing. In less than three years, he completed several transactions in a variety of ways as subject twos, seller financing, wholesales, flips, syndications, and buy and holds. Mike currently holds over 100 rental properties and short-term arbitrages in multiple states and co-founded an investment-centric real estate team, all while serving full-time in the military. Now, as a veteran, Mike continues to practice real estate with a focus on educating other veterans on how to build the lifestyle they deserve through creative investing. I love it, man.
0: Woo! Man said 100 100 doors. 100 doors. (laughs) That's how you read that? I'm just gonna take that clip and just go to sleep with that every night. I like
2: that. <laughs> <laughs> thank you, sir, and thank you for uh, serving our country. We really appreciate Thanks. that so much. And I believe you're our second Green Beret on the show, right? Adam Grace, nice. John- Adam Johnson, the other Green Beret. Nice. Yeah. So he, um, and yeah, he's killing it over there in Tennessee. Okay. So and, cool. and oddly enough, he's a he's a subject two uh, master too, man. He he loves that subject two stuff, and so I I can't wait to dig into that.
0: Absolutely. It's good to know that, you know, there's other guys out there doing it. You know, uh, you learn to do more with less, right? You know, in, in our specific field and subject to is probably like that one thing. That's that one strategy that you can do that exact same scenario. So I like that. So, so and, I
1: guess I'm going to start off here. Then. So how, how many of your units are Airbnbs?
0: Uh, so right now we just literally closed on another nine units that are going to be Airbnbs about two weeks ago. So right now we have right at 21, 21 Airbnbs. Whoa. And they're all arbitrages? Uh, no. So the arbitrages, there's only four currently that are arbitrage. Um, mm. Nice little downtown loss, beautiful class A style property. Uh, we were able to get them for a decent lease, mm. finance the furniture, right? Keep, keep the capital out of our pocket as much as possible. And uh, they're performing very well as well.
2: Nice. And how do you, how do you go about financing furniture? Who do you, who do you use? Yeah.
0: So you can use anybody. So to be honest, we use Ashley's furniture store, right? But you can use a uh, Wayfair. Uh, they offer financing and to be quite honest, I'm maybe Ikea. I don't know, but a lot of furnishing stores or furnishing stores provide in-house financing. Right. <laughs> so, I mean, if it works for you in the situation for us, it was 0% interest. So it was like, <laughs> all right, it makes sense. Right. Let's just do it. We had to do a capital call at the end of the 12 years, but it was zero percent interest for the first 12 months. It's like, that makes perfect sense. No money down, right? Yeah, oh, that's
2: beautiful right there. You that can is. like start a bunch up that way.
0: Exactly, exactly. Because yeah. that's the beautiful thing about the arbitrage as your entire audience knows, right? It's mm-hmm. how do you keep more money in your pocket and try to maximize the cash flow? Well, we turned around with an arbitrage. All we had to do was pay the first month's rent and a security deposit. All right, not bad. And then we furnish the furniture, so that's no money out of pocket. And then after paying off the furniture expenses, the utilities, and that rent, we're cash flowing over $1,000 a month, mm. right? Right? So it's like, all right, so you see, the, you see the, the rate of return or the cash on cash return, whatever metric you're using. Right. Phenomenal. It's, it's, yeah, it's a no-brainer. It's a no-brainer. Yo,
1: no-brainer. I like that, man. You do the furniture. Man,
0: you don't even include furniture in your startup costs. Right? No, nope, nope. You don't have to. You don't even have to. Right. And, and so that's that's the thing about creativity. Right. You know, mm-hmm. the more, you know, the more tools you add on your tool belt, the more problems you can solve. The biggest issue is that how do I keep more money in my pocket? Mm. That's it. When You kind of play it all together. It's like, OK, I can get real creative with this. Right. So, <laughs> right. Uh, uh, you know, all this other stuff. So, yeah. Yeah. We could definitely talk about some twos, you know, down the line. We'll, we'll get into some more real, real creative uh, strategies that way.
2: And the subject to thing, man, is fascinating to me because I hear, you know, I have friends at work and stuff because, you know, I do real estate. I got I got a, I, you know, I have four houses and I got two arbitrages right now. You know, I'm not as big, big time as you are, oh. but um, <laughs> but I want to <laughs> rub elbows with people that are doing big things now, you know, so yeah. it, it helps. And um, so anyways, uh, yeah, people are like, well, man, I could, you know, I'd, I'd like to get a rental, blah, blah. It's like, All right. So, you know, how are you going to go ahead and get one? oh man, I got to save up at least 20%, you know, put 20% down on a $200,000 house. So I got to have like 50,000. I was like, man, you're going to take forever doing this, man. You got to figure out different ways to do it.
0: Mm -hmm. Absolutely.
2: And, And so, um, you know how I did it. I was like, hey, you know, house hacking, hopping from house to house. That's one way to do it. Yep. But as, but subject two, man, that's 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 the next level right there. Coming in and just when zero down or, or whatever down you yeah. you you agree upon with the seller, yeah. And just um and yeah, man, you could just start start getting more deals that way. I love it.
0: Yeah, yeah. So so kind of like touch on that a bit. The, the what I always like to do. I don't care if I'm working with a new agent or a new investor, and we, we always go through an education phase. At first, or, or basically a screening phase, right? If they're a sophisticated investor, great. It makes it super easy for us. All we have to do is introduce our systems. But if it's somebody just starting out, like you mentioned, where they're talking about, "Well, I want to get an investment property. I want to do this." A lot of times, we got to narrow it down. How many times have you heard somebody say, "I want to get a hundred rental properties in ten years"? It's like, <laughs> yeah. great, right? That's fine, but what the hell does that hundred represent, mm-hmm. right? If it's financial freedom, well, let's think about it. If you only need. a month to be financially free, but if you can do that in 10 doors, why the fuck you need, oh, excuse me. Why why (laughs) you need (laughs) a, sorry guys. guys. Why you need a, see, you you got me over here in my my feelings right now, I'm emotional. (laughs) But uh, but why you need a hundred doors, right? You can do it with 10, right? And so that's, it's kind of like having that conversation for a realization. Then we back it down and say, okay, now we know you only need 10, you don't need a hundred. Now let's look at your resources. I like to call it a resource triangle just because I like to visually kind of put things together, but it's how much time do you have? How much money do you have? And how much experience do you have? That's it, right? And you put it on each apex of the triangle and then you got to figure out where the hell is the gap and then fill the gap. So if you're lacking experience, you need to do something like you need to come on there and listen to like this podcast, right? Fill that gap right if uh, um or, or partnering with a broker that knows what they're doing right if it's money maybe it's private money or airbnb arbitrage cuz you don't need money to put down right and so by 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 understanding what the end goal is and then understanding where your resources are it makes it real easy to get real creative you can kind of just plug in the ple- pieces and then just go from there
1: man this is some inspiring shit right here boy <laughs> i i like the way you said that that tme boy yep woo yep. so okay on your long-term rentals, I'm, I'm assuming you have, you're 100% hands-off, right? Absolutely.
0: Absolutely.
1: Okay. And how are you running that? 100%, 100% hands-off, how you running it? You just got a property management team on it?
0: Yep, yep. So um, I got a couple different things going on. So like I, I, have, a whole, I have a syndication company. We focus on uh, limited state hotels. And so I have a hotel out in Georgia where there's a full operations team in place, right? And it's not really property management. It's a legitimate operations team, right? As far as my single families. I have my long-term property managers. They're running their thing. Basically, I just look at the owner statements and they let me know when it's tenant turnover time or major repair time. Um, In Illinois, I have some student rentals. Works a little bit differently, but it's the same concept, right? It's the same concept. Property manager lets me know tenant turnover, repair time. Ultimately, across the entire portfolio, I spend maybe, you know, realistically, maybe about an hour to two hours a week Kind of managing the portfolio because it's just communication with the property manager,
1: mm-hmm.
0: and and understanding the biggest thing that all of us and obviously you guys already had Shelby my business partner on the on the uh, on the uh, podcast. The biggest thing for all of us is creating efficiencies and systems because think about it, not any single one of us started investing in real estate for another job. That's not what we started investing for. So I am very comfortable paying handsomely a management fee or whatever. In order for me to have the freedom that I started out chasing, facts. Yeah, facts. I
2: love it. I love, I love it. it.
1: Okay, so, so oh
0: go, go, ahead. go ahead,
2: Steve. No, you go ahead. Good.
1: I was gonna say, like, so on the subject two deal, oh,
2: I've,
1: I've had a, I've been passing them up because I don't have the, I don't have a tool belt. Oh my god, so, let's get you some tools, baby. Yeah, What's up? for real. So okay. give me, the, give me the game on the subject <laughs> two. How I will run one of those.
0: All right, so check it out. So check it out. Subject two is something that people just they just don't know about. In a subject two, the deed, the ownership of the property, is transferred over to the buyer, but the mortgage that's in place stays in the original owner's name. Now everybody says, "Well, why the hell would they do that? Like, why would the seller do that?" There's a few different scenarios. All right, let's say for for example, um, they're just in a financial situation where they maybe they don't live in the property anymore. Um, but they got this mortgage payment that they can't really afford. And for some reason, if they sold it, the mortgage on it is so high that they would have to come out of pocket to pay, right? Maybe, you know, maybe they bought a VA loan or a owner occupied loan, something like that. And essentially they would have to bring a couple thousand dollars to the closing table just to sell it. In that situation, they're in a really weird financial predicament. They don't have the money to close and they can't afford the monthly payment. That is an ideal scenario for a subject to. All right, now the biggest thing about subject two is, okay, now we understand the concept. Now, what are the risks involved? If you foreclose on the property, the property is gone. It goes away, it goes to the bank. It doesn't affect your credit, but it does affect the seller's credit. As as professional real estate investors, our biggest thing is relationships, right? So we wanna make sure that we protect that to the fullest. So we're gonna make sure that we're making our timely payments. But we have to make sure that that seller feels comfortable with that whole process, because this is a wonky thing. They're now telling you don't know them, right? You just called them, cold called them, whatever. And they're saying, hey, um, yeah, yeah, yeah you, can, you can have my mortgage. You can take it over. What? Right, so you got to build in those, those uh, kind of barriers. So one of those things is, or one of the biggest risks is something called a due on sale clause, okay? Essentially, a loan provider, the mortgage, the mortgager, They say, hey man, anytime you sell this property, if you sell this property, you gotta pay me my full mortgage amount. You gotta pay me everything. So if you owe 200,000, as soon as you sell it, you gotta pay me 200,000. Anytime Mm -hmm. it transfers ownership, right? That's called due on sale. So you have to find ways to protect against things like that. One way you can do that is putting uh, the property itself, deeding it into a trust, right? Into a trust and the trust has the name of the original owner or the original mortgage owner. Right? No. But you are the beneficiary or your LLC is the beneficiary. So you still have ownership, but you kind of masked that transfer, if that makes sense, right? <laughs> I like it. Uh, another couple of things, I mean, you can put, um, obviously you will have to add yourself as additionally insured, right? Because if you transfer the full uh, insurance out of the original owner's name, most of the time insurance is paid through escrow, right? So you can't hide that, you can't mask that. If it's in escrow and in the original owner's name, they have to still be on that, on that policy right? So that's another factor. So once you start implementing all these different factors in what you're really doing is you're building up the trust and the confidence in the original seller. And that's when you're able to really start smoothing over and making these deals. And I will be very transparent. There's nothing there. You should not enter a subject to and do anything illegal and you should not do anything, you know, um, Bordering on the lines of like uh, illegal or gray or whatever, be very transparent about everything you're doing and make it so in all of the contracts. And then that way you're you're keeping up to the good conduct of what business should be, you know, should be ran. So
1: okay. So let's say you get this property, you're now on the deed, or your LLC's on the deed. Yep. Right. Your LLC's on the deed. Um, how long are you guys eventually looking to refinance that property? Yeah.
0: So, and and that and that scenario changes obviously depending on the situation. All right. So my first subject too, um, they were in no rush to sell the home because they weren't looking to buy another home. Right mm-hmm. now, I had told them though they said, hey, in about two years we want to buy a home. So I had a two year timeline to sell it because you got to think about it. Right, that mortgage is in their name. It's going to be hard to buy another home. It is right. You know, right. Or if you have two mortgages, three mortgages, things like that, it starts to count against you. So I had a two year time window. Um, one of my current. Uh, subject twos, there's no time limit. They don't care. We didn't put a time limit in the contract because they said, I really don't care, man. Just take care of it. We're not buying a home for any time in the foreseeable future. When we do, we'll reach back out to you. But I always recommend, I do not care what your investment strategy is. You must always have an exit strategy, always. And so in a situation for a subject two, the exit strategy is either sell or refinance. It's one of those two options. You, have, you need to decide which one it'll be and you need to have a plan for it just in case, just in case.
1: Now, are you refinancing it to your LLC or your name or are you just trying to, you're trying to get it in your? The no, so,
0: and that's a really good question. So a lot of people yeah. like to refinance in their personal name because mm-hmm. you have lower down payments t- typically and lower interest rates. But you have to understand that your ability to borrow money is still going to be limited to your debt to income ratio always. The more mortgages you have, the harder it is to get a new one, period. Then I also look at protection, all right? So if you use a homeowner-occupied loan and you put like an FHA, you put three and a half percent down on a property and say it's a fourplex, that's fine. You got a fourplex and you're cash flowing like a beast. If you were sued for that fourplex right, in your personal name, how much equity or how much is really at risk, right? The mortgage, got it, that's all of it, but 3.5% is what's at risk, that's the equity position. Now, if you had a 50% equity position, that's at risk now. Mm. At that point in time to me, depending on what that dollar amount is specific to the investor, now it's time to put it into an LLC because now it's actually asset protection, right? You're protecting an equity position. So the majority of my properties now are in LLCs because I don't want anybody to attack me and attack all Of my you know portfolio right i have it segmented but that's also how i separate my llc's on top of that i look at the equity position and i just protect a dollar amount in each llc and that's how i decide when to start a new one or whatever the case may be now when you put a property
1: into your llc uh what about the mortgage is the mortgage in the llc as well or
0: yes 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 yes. so you could do you could do one of two so i mean i've had a va loan that i've just was able to transfer the deed over to an llc but the va loan's still there Right? Um, But here's the thing with that. Just like we talked about on a subject too, the due on sale, the same situation can happen if you just transfer from your name to your own personal LLC. That is technically a sale. It's a transfer of ownership. So the mortgagee or the mortgager could say, hey, I'm calling it due, man. You just moved it to an LLC. I want all my money right now. They could. Have you ever heard of that happening? No, no, no. Okay. Never, I've never, I've never seen a real life example of that happening. Cause the yeah. bank just wants to get paid, right? Yeah, they trying to, they want that interest money. Yeah, <laughs> i <Damn> right, <laughs> if you're paying on time, you're gonna be just fine. I, and that's why I try to tell people like re- realistically, the bank is not in the business of owning real estate.
2: Mm-hmm. They want
0: their money to go to work. They've already lent you the money. If you're making the payments, you're fine. They do not have somebody literally auditing every mortgage loan out there. Like, oh, they transferred ownership. Like, It don't work like that, you know what I mean? So I think the risk of that actually happening is very low, but I do want the audience to be aware of it so they don't just go out there and start subject to and everything and get slapped up, you know, you know, get slapped inside the head. Right, right, right.
2: I, I guess, I guess they saw the damage that that happened the last go around in two thousand eight when they just started foreclosing left and right, and just it just the, wrecked the whole economy for like eight yep. years, you know. And so, it, and so I think I think that we'll do everything they can to work with the with the buyers Absolutely. nowadays. And so, but I mean, yeah, always, always be safe. Always, always have an exit strategy, like you said.
0: Absolutely. And you can always do a loan assumption, right? And we're not even going to get onto that. But I mean, um, you know, worst case scenario, they say, no, you have to acquire it. Well, you can kind of take over the loan in its current position without applying for a new loan, right? That's still the same process as getting a loan. It's called a loan assumption. But there are multiple options if it comes down to that, right? So I don't want the, uh, you know, for whoever's listening, don't be scared to attempt a subject to. Right, and be prepared mm-hmm. to always figure out how. No, never say no, not in real estate. We don't say no, we always say how, right? You gotta figure exactly. out how.
2: And, and where did you learn all this stuff?
0: Oh man, just just grinding. <laughs> like, you know, uh, <laughs> yeah, so I, I mean, um, you know, to, to be honest, um, I had a bad deployment um, one of the trips out. And at that point in time, I, I made a decision like, hey man, I, I can't do this. I can't do this for the next 10 years. I gotta, I gotta do something else. And when I put my mind to something, I get obsessed about it, right? I mean, I'm reading, I'm calling, I'm networking, rubbing elbows, doing whatever we gotta do. And a lot of the lessons I learned were through trial and error. I've lost a lot of money, right? And I've made a lot of money from the lessons that I've learned, but I'm okay with that. I'm very comfortable figuring out how to do this the hard way, right? Um, Nothing I learned or nothing that I'm doing now is something that I created, hell no. Everything's been in existence forever, for centuries. I just found the right people, asked the right questions, right, you know, find some mentorships. Mm -hmm. A perfect example is for all my subject twos, as I was starting that journey, I researched an attorney who knew what the hell subject two was. Luckily, I found one that that is his bread and butter. So every subject two I do, I go through that one attorney. And so essentially, remember, we talked about that resource triangle, right? My, My gap was experience. Well, I filled that gap by finding an attorney and does nothing but that, he had all the experience, right? And that's how you really can start to accelerate very rapidly, is just by partnering with the right people. That's really what it comes down to. Man, what do you, what do you find your subject to deals? Like, are you getting uh, networking? Yeah. Yeah, it's networking, man. And so, honestly, it's, it's more commonplace in, a pl- in something like a military town. The reason why is because the VA loan is so prominent, right? So, think about it. Remember, we talked about the situation, you have no equity. If you sell it, you got to put money out of your pocket. VA loan is 0% down. That's a perfect situation where you have no equity in a property when you buy it brand new. And the military does something called a PCS, a permanent change of station. They force you to move every three to five years. You ain't building no equity in three years. You know what I'm saying? So military towns are extremely prominent for something like a subject to. Um And it just it just happenstance, you know, um, what I always say is, and I forget who said, I think maybe Jim Rohn said it, right? Um, You're compensated in direct proportion to the size of the problem that you solve, right? So when people come to you and they say, hey, I got a problem, I can't sell my house, I gotta come out of pocket. (laughs) Let's solve this problem, let's talk about it, right? (laughs) And then you can find a deal like a subject two where your return is excellent, but it's a win-win all the way across the board. The, The lender still makes their money, the seller doesn't have to foreclose or have to come out of pocket, you'll get a screaming deal for little, no, little, no money down. Right. And so it's just by solving those problems and being like, like you were saying earlier, man, it's just like having that tool on that tool belt. You know what I mean? And it just happenstance came, you know uh, what they say, luck is when uh, opportunity meets preparation. You know what I'm saying? Now prepare, prepare, prepare the opportunity presented itself. Boom. Went for it. Okay. So let's say I got
1: a, I got a deal on an auction, right? And I keep pushing this deal back on this auction and like, they to give you the information like, hey, this law firm's over this
0: auction property. Is that a good subject to
1: deal? No.
0: If, no? Because it's already an auction. Okay. That means it's already went through its whole foreclosure process or whatever. So, now you're dealing directly with the bank. You see what I'm saying? Yeah, got you. Okay. Whereas a foreclosure situation, you want to deal directly with the seller. Got you. Okay. Yeah. That, that wouldn't be a good situation for that one.
2: And, and how much does a lawyer, the lawyer usually charge for this process?
0: So that process there, on average, and this is everything now. Uh, closing costs, the, the, the documents for it, the, um, the contract, all that good stuff. is roughly about 1500 bucks to maybe about 2000 bucks. So it's not bad. <laughs> it's not bad. That ain't, yeah, that's a good deal. You walk yeah. away. <laughs> for, right.
2: the pro- for the price of a hoopty, you get in the house.
0: Exactly, exactly. <laughs> And, and I'll, I'll tell you what, I'm, I'm going to share with y'all my best subject to deal yet. Okay. All right. This is where you get super creative, right? You start adding all the, all the tools. I was pulling out hammers and bandsaws. All right. So check it out. I did a subject to on a duplex. All right. I got it for about one sixteen. That was what was on the loan, about 116000 I paid all the closing costs, which was about 2000 And I paid another 2000 to the seller for moving costs and things like that. So all in, I'm in at 120. The property appraised immediately for 134. I already walked into some equity, okay? I lived in, now what I did was I I'd subject to it, so no money on my pocket, I house hacked it. I moved in on one side, put another 5,000 into the renovations on the other side, and then I furnished the furniture and did Airbnb on the other side, all right? So now I'm doing a subject to house hack Airbnb. And I was able to generate enough income to pay the property manager, utilities, and, and internet for both sides, make the furniture payment, all day, and the mortgage, and the mortgage on it, and still net cash flow about twelve to thirteen hundred dollars a month mm-hmm. on that one deal. And I'm living on the other side, living for free, <laughs> living on the other side. Oh! <laughs> that right there just goes to show you the power of you know being creative and open minded. Right. That, that was literally three different strategies combined hmm. to make an amazing deal. Now, that was literally the last place. I'm now in Charlotte. That place is still in Fayetteville. I'm now Airbnb out the other side. Right. I haven't got a tenant yet, but I got two Airbnbs. I mean, hey, let's, let's see what happens. Right. You know, we'll see down the road. But yeah, man, it's just the power of creativity, problem solving.
2: I love it. And, and so, what makes you, um, when it comes to the choosing between doing a flip or, or holding it or buying a hold, what, what, what's the process in that? What, what, what makes you choose one or the other?
0: Absolutely. So um, I have different, so first and foremost, every investor must have their metrics, their performance metrics down to a T, down to a T because otherwise we get this all the time. An investor might come up and say, hey, uh, find me a good investment. Come on, man. What does that mean? Good <laughs> investment? Like, come on, man. What is that, right? Give me something I can do, I can, right? Cash on cash return. IRR, whatever, I, just give me something. When I look at every deal, I essentially say, okay, I start with the end in mind. What do I want this deal to do for me, All right, And then I basically say like, what, what can I best buy it at? Like what is the most you know, uh, accurate representation of it? And I always do a backwards planning approach. I always start at the end. So I go with the ARV, right? After repair value of a property. I figure out what that is first and foremost. You know, the general like, rule of thumb for the max allowable offer is 70% of the ARV minus repairs gives you your absolute max that you can offer. And that's a good general rule of thumb, but I look at it holistically. If it's something like a flip and it's a $200,000 property, percentages can be skewed greatly because I can still make a profit of $20,000 Right, but a $200,000 property, it makes it only look like 10%. So if you're doing a 70% rule, you're just cutting yourself out of the deal. right? So I have a metric literally for every single one of my investment strategies. So for a flip, my metric is I must make at least $20,000 in profit, right? it's not a percentage. If it's a buy and hold rental, then I wanna make sure that I'm leaving very little money in, but I use cash on cash return as my metric. Right? And so I use that. And so you just have to be able to evaluate every property in many different ways and figure out where it fits because it would really suck if you only had one strategy and it didn't fit and you just threw it away. But you could have made $20,000, right? You know what I mean? So it's like, yeah. you, have to, you have to know your metrics is what it boils down to. Man, that's <laughs> some
2: good knowledge today. Um, how about when, when you're doing a flip or, or when you're doing renovations at all, how, how does that work? I mean, how, are you good at dealing with contractors or do you do a lot of the stuff yourself or how does it work? I oh, deal with contractors,
0: man. <laughs> yeah, I deal with contract. I'm not gonna lie to you. I'm not gonna lie to you, man. So, well, I did. I did li- live in flips before, where I did the work, and that's when I learned that I'm not gonna do that again. Like I'm just gonna get. The, I'm just gonna get the contractors right. Um, and then you got You got to bet the contractors because not all contractors are created equal. It's very difficult to you know to find a good one and so forth and so on. But when you find a good one, it is. It is worth it. It is worth it. Uh, so now within our markets, we have contractors that we've done obviously for our own personal stuff, but we've opened them up to our clients and they're just excellent. Right. When you're looking at, um, uh, contractors, one of the biggest things is, um, transparency and communication. I'll just kind of ball that all up into really one. I've seen situations where you say, Hey, um, I got $10,000 to use on this project, but this is what I want. Right. And the contractor will do s- what fits $10,000 budget, but not what you want, right? That's not good. That's not good, because now you just lost control of the situation. Mm-hmm. There's other times where you can basically well, like how we have it now, is we basically have a package, right? So mm-hmm. we say, hey man, I want you to go look at this property right here. I, we, it's the same thing for every single property we do. It's the same countertops, it's the same paint, it's the same flooring, it's a package. So now when you go in, you can't, you can't BS me and tell me, yo, this is going to be $10 a square foot. No, it's not. It's $4, <laughs> man. We did it last week. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, like it's boom, it's right in there. But with that, with that package also, it allows you as the investor, you know, your cost now, you know, your costs, you know, the labor and you know, the cost of material because it's the same thing every single time. And now you can look at a deal and be like, boom, that's immediately uh, $15 a square foot for this property, 1500 square feet, boom, that's my repair value. I love it. Right. I love it.
2: And, and do you put them on the payment schedule to keep them motivated?
0: Uh, so it depends. I mean, right now, honestly, we, uh, we put enough money for them to buy the materials, and then we pay the rest at the end. That's just the agreement that we have with our contract. It's not going to be like that. Some contractors are very strict. They say, hey, man, we need draw schedules and things like that. Matter of fact, on the, uh, on the nine-unit Airbnb that we're doing, it's a renovation. So it's going to be a bur right? A cash-out refund on the back end, a BRRR BNB. Right, we're going to turn it into, <laughs> go back in. Um, but in that situation, because it's such a large project, we have to do draw schedules, right? So it is going to be dependent on your contractors, but it's extremely important for you to understand, you know, how that money is used, how the contractors work, and then that way you can you can because everything's negotiable. Everything's negotiable. Don't let a contractor come to you and be like, This is it, and this is this house gonna be
2: you, you know how Shelby was on bigger pockets, you know, she's, mm-hmm. a, she's a superstar now, right.
0: Oh yeah, she's a, she's a superstar, she's a killer. <laughs> killer.
2: Well, Well, they, they um, what's I'm gonna call it? They, they said that she came up with the Burb B&B, but I, I, have a, I have a hunch that she might've got it from you.
0: No, no, no she got it, we both got it from Dan Kid, bro. <laughs> so there's another guy named Daniel Kid. This dude, uh, he's a killer, all right? Killer, by the way, this, this dude, uh, see, I'm about to cuss again, sorry. This dude, I, riding, uh, his first year ever, ever, ever in real estate. He got licensed immediately. First year ever closed 57 transactions as a broker and purchased 48 rental units. <laughs> Killer. He's one of those like beautiful mind people. You know what I'm saying? Like he just has like algorithms and stuff just floating around in front of his face all the time. But uh, he's that creative genius that came up with Burr B&B uh, Turn, B&B, Turnbur, all those stuff. That was all him, man. So we stole that from him. Like, But- I love it. Yeah, he's good people. Oh, no. <laughs> we'll,
2: we'll get him on the show next.
0: Oh yeah, oh yeah, oh yeah, he's good people.
2: <laughs> is he also ex-military? Yeah, sure is. Man, it's, it's that military mindset, bustling, right?
0: Hey, I'm telling you, man, uh, the military, so I, I wrote a book right here, The Elite Investor. I, got, I always got it up right there. The Elite Investor, a military approach to real estate problem solving, right? Ooh. But, but my thing is always, because um, I love educating veterans, we get taught so much in the military how to run a damn business. But it's not, it's not told to you that way. But when you really look at it, the systems, the way that everything is operated, the, the counseling sessions, the, you know, the probationary periods, the training, the boot camps, that is literally how you run a business. And if you could just learn how to interpret that over into something else, I mean, God, it's so powerful. It's so powerful.
1: And that's your book, The Elite Investor. Yep, the elite and I just added that to my list, man. Ah, yeah. i am getting that. <laughs> Get
0: it, where, where, can we,
2: where can we find that book at?
0: Yeah, Amazon. You can find it on Amazon. You know, okay. I'm a simple guy. I'm a simple guy. Go to Amazon. That's
1: Sweet. what's up, man. So you're doing, okay. So you're doing Burdales. You're doing Subject Twos. You got it all in your tool belt. So I'm, I'm going to ask you some some advice. I'm going to tell you what, some, one thing I'm going through right now. Okay. So I, I feel like I bit off more than I can chew. I'm going to see if Ooh, you okay. can help me, right? Okay. So I got, I got a refinance going. Okay. It's just started up. Then I have a rehab, a renovation that I need to do here at my personal house, but that can hold off on that. But okay. I got a renovation I have to do at my uh, condo. But okay. I can't move money around because, you know, they start looking funny. Yes. yes. So what would be your idea of
0: uh, being creative in that situation? So first and foremost, the refi is going to take priority. Because if it's already in the process, as soon as you start moving money around, it'll mess that thing up. So get the refi, that takes, that's priority number one, period. Gotcha. Now, as far as supplementing income, I would say private money loan, man. Seriously, sure. I, don't know, you know, I don't know what your network looks like, but if, if you could mm-hmm. borrow money at you know, 6% or 7% interest only payments to do a quick rental, that might be a great way to do it. Now, let me ask you this. You're going to reno a condo, but is it, uh, what's the end strategy? Are you just going to refinance it? Or are you just going to rent you know, it? 10, I'm, a, I'm a 1031. It. Oh, okay. So you're going to reno 1031 into something else. Yeah. That's short-term private money all day, baby. That's short-term private money all day. Interest-only payments. Come, you know, find somebody and be like, hey, man, I'll give you 8% interest-only payments for six months, seven months. Boom. Oh, I like the way you do business, go man. For it. Yeah, <laughs> go for it. Somebody, I'll tell you, there's a lot of people out there that would love to give you money by 8%. I guarantee it. Get it done, boom, short, quick, 1031, buy you something nice or pay them off. Everybody's happy. Win, win, win.
1: I like that. I like that. All right. I think that's probably what I'm going to do, man. <laughs> See, everything happens for a reason. That's why we had you on this podcast. Now. That's what I'm talking no about. about. What, <laughs> <you do for.
2: laughs> um, what are some, like, I've noticed, uh, I've noticed, you know, I was listening to, uh, what's it called? Um, Tony Robbins today. You yeah. know, and um, and I, what I noticed a lot about like him or other people that are, that are kind of motivational, kind of like you know, telling you you know, successful people, right, right, and it's saying it's not like you know, it, it's it's the little things you do every day that add up to the to the big picture, you know. Yeah. So, what are like some of the little things that you that you started doing and you kept doing and you and that led to your success?
0: Yeah, that's a great question. So, the one, the number one book that literally changed my entire life around. Was the compound effect by Darren Hardy. And it's literally about that same concept. It is quite literally about the little stuff you do every single day that compounds into what you become. And I took that very, I took that to heart and I just went running with it. And ever since then, it's just been a, a non-constant or a nonstop journey. It's like non-constant. It's been constant. It's been constant, right? A journey to the top. Um, But um, another great book that helped me figure out what to implement was The Miracle Morning Millionaire, right? By Hal Hal Elrod. And essentially in that book, he calls it the savers. It's six items that you do every single day. Silence, affirmation, vision, uh, exercise, reading, and scribing, which is just writing or journaling. But basically what he did was he figured out what the most productive top 1% of the world they do. And he found that those were the most common things, but nobody ever did all of them in one day. And so he created the book, Miracle Morning Millionaires, right? the habits of the savers, all six of them all in one day. And I will honestly say that when I started doing that, my focus and my clarity really got razor sharp. And that's when I was able to accelerate. I mean, at one point I had maybe seven rentals and within one year, you know, I was over 40 just because of the clarity, right? And, and that's the power of being able to just reflect, self-reflection, vision, visualize what you're doing, um, stay dedicated, stay, extra, you know, doing the exercise, doing the things that you need to do in order to function. And it doesn't matter if you don't want to, it really doesn't because if you, if you read the book, he literally says you can do each one of those things for one minute And it will still have the effects. So if you think about that, six minutes a day, why wouldn't you do it? Why would you not do it, right? And and, in order to have those results that you want. Um, But ultimately, I think it boils down to priorities, right? So a lot of people say they want to do something, but they don't necessarily do it. They don't get off the couch. They don't go to the gym. They don't invest. They don't buy the house. So it really comes down to priorities. And there's no right or wrong answer. But when something is really important to you and you really prioritize it, there is nothing that's gonna stop you from doing it. Period. Mm. That's ultimately what it boiled down to me. I just got obsessed with it. Just went
2: for it. That's beautiful. That's beautiful. Um, on that note, man, it kind of slipped my head a little. Okay. Okay. Yeah, so, yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. So, so you're uh, okay. So, the military, your military career, you're a veteran now. So, yeah. was there a point where you're saying it's kind of getting in the way of your investing or were you humming along, kicking butt? And you said you were doing military full time or did you say, man, if I, if I, you know, if I got out, I would just, you know, explode.
0: So it was a mix. So, um, I did think that, you know, once I got out, I'd be able to focus full time and it'd be great, which it, which it is. But, um, a lot of it really was just the, the, the stress of the military for me. I mean, I, like, I, I think I mentioned, uh, I had a bad deployment, you know, lost a couple of good buddies. Uh, just, I was like, there's no way I could do another 10 years, like to stay sane. You know what I mean? I just couldn't do it and more power to every servicemen and women out there that, that do 20 and more, you know, God bless you all. I just couldn't do it. So I had to find something else. And so I started searching and I've tried everything. Now, I've tried everything. I did all the MLMs. I did the Amways. I did the Herbalife's. You know, I, I was selling Pokemon cards. I almost, I almost got into prostitution. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm playing, man. But I tried, I tried everything. Man. But uh, real estate just kind of came like naturally to me. And uh, I enjoy it. Right. And ultimately, the way that I live my life now, Shelby's the same way. The way that we live our life now is like, I'm not going to go back to something I don't enjoy doing. Yeah. No, nah, yeah. man. Life is yeah. way too short. We've all lost loved ones. We all lost friends. I'm not going to go back to something that I don't enjoy. I'm going to make sure I enjoy it. And I'm going to make the best of it. Right. So my biggest thing that I always preach now is we design lifestyles. Right. It's not investing for you know, a, a retirement account. It's not for. no no no. We 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 design lifestyles. We invest for the lifestyle that we deserve. Right. If I want to go to Bora Bora twelve times a year, I deserve it. How do I design it? How many houses do I need? You see what I'm saying? So that's that's kind of my mindset now. Man, yeah, you
1: from H Town for real, man. You got that H Town hustle all up in you, man. I can see it. For real.
0: Damn.
1: I love that. I love that, man. You inspiring the hell out of me, man.
0: I like that. I like it. Y'all got me over here hot and everything. Yeah. It's, it's, it's the wine, man. It's the wine. Yeah, it's the wine. So,
2: so how, how are some ways that you reward yourself when you hit goals?
0: Yeah. Oh, that's a good question. Um, so me personally, I always like to pursue something new. That's just my thing, right? So some people say, it's like, oh, you overworked. But it's like, I find enjoyment out of that. So one way that I reward myself is I literally signed up for a Spanish class, (laughs) like community college, right? To me, that was a reward. I felt like um, I'm a very frugal person, to be honest. Mm -hmm. Um, And I feel like the things that I really want are really expensive. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, all right, well, let me earn some of these things that's going to cost me money. So where some people say like, hey, you know, I got a new job, I'm going to go buy a new truck. I'm like, no, 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 I need to earn that. I have to hit a certain performance metric before I can do that type of thing that's how i pretty much reward myself nice
2: nice the things i want on on the spanish front yeah you know it's um there's there's this program they got in guadalajara mexico yeah yeah and um it's it's um, it's called emac the school or imac like imac Yeah, yeah you know and um and it's a spanish immersion program and back you know i did it you know I, I didn't grow up speaking spanish my parents didn't speak it to me but i started learning on my own and stuff and i just really wanted to you know top it off yeah so i went over there i did a whole month there and they, and they they put they even put you in a family room and board yeah. all three all your meals paid for like four or five hours of school a day and it's like man it came out to like 900 bucks for the whole month so if you want to do something like that you oh, know get yes. away to mexico for a month it's it's a really cool experience man
0: Oh, I appreciate that man i, I literally was looking into um, immersion courses like that, and I've seen some in like Honduras and uh uh Peru and things like that, but I mean, I'll definitely look into that one, yeah, absolutely I really appreciate that
2: yeah, that's this uh, yeah missile' right down the way yeah exactly, it's a cool exactly it's right it's there. a cool, cool like experience learn. man you yeah, 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 you have
0: to be immersed into it. So, yeah, I really I really appreciate that, yeah.
2: Yeah, it's people good. of all ages there, man. You might end up falling in love with a chick. Oh, wait, I don't know if you're married or not. <laughs>
0: no, I'm not. I'm, not. I'm, still, I'm still single, man. Oh, there uh, you go. Find me a little die. That's there. what
2: happened to me, man. So, yeah, I brought mine back. So. There's <laughs> some <laughs> <laughs> oh, beautiful guess, women man. down there. I'm just, I'm just saying. All
1: right, I, I have a question for you. Because You told it. us about your best deal. What was one of the worst deals you got into, and how oh. did you get out of it?
0: Oh, say less. All right. So uh, one of the worst deals ever, man, when I first was getting into it, it, was whole, it was a wholesale deal. I didn't know what I didn't know, right? So I got in, I found this deal. I ran the numbers wrong. And I told this lady, I was like, yo, yeah, well, I, can, I can offer you uh, like 68,000 for the house, right? Um, then it was occupied by her brother who was unemployed and everything else. I was like, man, look, I can't sell it if it's occupied. He needs to leave. So she kicked him out, right? Then I was still in the military, I ended up deploying and I was like, oh, I gotta do something with it. So I gave it to another wholesaler who I thought was gonna finish it off. Long story short, the brother was homeless for about two months, the wholesaler didn't close the deal, didn't even follow up with the buyer. Mm. So she ended up foreclosing on the property. I left, a thou- I put a $1,000 down for the wholesale contract instead of like a hundred or a dollar like most wholesalers do now. So I lost a $1,000 and I came back and my relationship was ruined, not only with the seller and the brother, but with the property manager who made the introduction. Mm. Complete loss of rapport. It wasn't about like $1,000 was $1,000. But I mean, I just completely tarnished my name with the entire company and I made somebody homeless. Mm. Like that was the worst deal ever. <laughs> like I learned a lot from it, but damn, that was a bad, that was a bad experience. Yeah.
2: I, I guess, you know, it's funny because the, the whole money thing, you, like you said, it's a thousand bucks, but w- what really hits home is like, wow, how you felt bad, you know, about that, you know, that guy being homeless of course yeah. and about your relationship. It really shows what your, what your goals are and what you align with because yeah. you care more about relationships and helping people or than than, than money. And that, you know, actually gets you more money in a way you know what I'm it saying? does
0: because i'm gonna be honest with you for people people who care about money are they are they worry about money or people who don't have money let's be honest let's be honest right because if money was like think about it when you're breathing right now are you thinking about oxygen no oh, you got it. oh right when you have money like that where it's like oxygen you don't care right i am a firm believer that money is not going to change you you're going to be whoever the hell you are with or without money so if you can start thinking and 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 visualizing what it's like to be somebody who is truly wealthy and the person that you want to be, right? A philanthropist, right? Somebody who gives and all this other stuff. Why are you waiting to do that until you got money? Why aren't you doing that now? Become that person. And when you become that person, law of attraction, whatever you want to call it, things kind of flow your way. It kind of works out in your favor. It's really weird. But it happens. You know what I mean? So uh, I'm a big, firm believer in that everything we do, even with our our realty team, we come from a a position of value. We want to provide as much value for free as possible. Because when people care or people know that you care, right, at that point in time, they're like, you know what? I'm willing to pay for that service. I'm willing to compensate you for that service because that's what I want.
2: Hmm. You're genuine. That's what's up, man. That's what's up. Going back to the manage- management real quick. I know we're jumping yeah. around all over, but how, how do you have any tips on managing your managers?
0: Yeah, that's actually a really good one. So I always tell people because that's the first question that comes out the gate, right? Oh, I want to self-manage so I can learn the process and then I want to hand it off to a manager. And that's fine. But like I said, I say it over and over again. I always start with the end in mind. If you want to be the manager, then you need to learn how to manage the property. If you don't, then you need to learn how to manage the managers. Would you rather have two more additional years learning how to manage the managers or how to manage the damn property that you're not gonna to wanna to do, right? So I always say, start with the end in mind. If you want to not manage the damn property, hire a property manager ASAP. That 10% that you're paying is not gonna make you rich in the next 12 months, pay them. Now you have one less thing that's on your plate and you can focus on acquisition, on growing the portfolio. It just makes sense that way. Now, when you're managing the manager, ultimately it comes down to what information do you need to know? What information is important to you? So for me, I don't give a damn who signed the lease. I don't care. I don't know that person. I don't need to know the person. I need to know what are the biggest uh, expenses when they come up. I need to know when tenant turnover is coming up. So we can focus on like lease uh, management right so let's say for example you got 100 doors and all of a sudden 40 of them they all expire on november the 3rd of 2020 it's like whole oh, crap that ain't right right well, i want them <laughs> to expire at different times throughout the year right that's like lease management i want to know that and i want to know big expenses now that i know that all i need to do is make sure that my property manager can can, can execute that you're good to go Right, I got my own reporters. I can pull my own statements if I need to. I got my bookkeeper involved. Great, boom. I can check my management leases. Great, boom. I got all the information I need. Now, if we have to have a deeper conversation, we can do that. But at that point in time, you've met all the criteria you need for a property manager. Nice. Yeah, keep it simple.
2: I guess I've been telling um, um, Micah that I've been struggling with it a little because I'm doing. I have my. These are my first two arbitrages, you know, yep. and I just got these up and going recently. And so, and, and I'm like, man, dude, you know, cause I've always managed my own Airbnbs right. and I'm like, dude, you know, the, I don't see that. I don't, I don't see any results right now. I don't see any bookings coming up, you know, yeah. and, and man, are they doing it right? Are they, are they checking this? Are they pricing it right? And, and he's like, well, you know, are, are you making the rent? And I was like, well, you know, I made the rent the first month and he goes, you're making a profit. I made a little profit, yeah. but, um, he goes. I said, but you know, I'm worried about the next month coming up. He goes, well, you know, measure that at the end of the month. If you didn't make the rent, if you didn't make a profit that you wanted, then you start talking to him. And I was like, ah, I just want to, I just want to, you know, be hands on and tinker. But like, I guess that you, you kind of give give him freedom, but with kind of a little bit of limitations. I don't know. It's <laughs> like a balance, right?
1: I'm gonna kind of give my game on that. Like when I told Steve that the reason why I tell people that is. When you when you put yourself in the way of letting someone, if you don't want someone to make a mistake, you stop their growth and you stop yours. But mistakes are the only way people learn. So that's what I tell Steve, let them make a mistake. If they make the mistake, then you can talk to them. But if you stop them from making that mistake, they'll never they'll never learn. You know what I mean? Yeah.
0: That's a good point. That's a really good point, because you're right. You gotta learn. Um I actually really like that, that mindset on that one as well. The biggest thing I look at is when you build out something that's, that, that can grow, you know, as you scale, it continues to grow, think about it. That's a system that's put in place. Think about McDonald's, KFC, doesn't matter, right? When they go do their burgers, is you go bread, patty, cheese, boom. You know what I'm saying? They can hire anybody to do it because it's a system. Oh. If a client came in and said, hey, no, man, I don't want beef, I want salmon, and throws off the whole system, are they gonna be able to accommodate? No. Because they just customize the service for that one individual. Mm. So now you sitting as the tenant. If you're trying to customize this whole service of a property management company, which that's their business, they built a system. You're the problem. Yeah. If you want to be hands on like that, create your own damn property management company, yeah. and you can develop the system. Right, that's the way I look at it, um, and it. And it Everything starts with expectations, right, so if you expect them to do all this, but you didn't ask the questions up front, now you just made you just hurt yourself right because you expected this and you got this now you're mad. Everybody only gets mad because they expect more and they receive less. If you really think about it right that's really the only time you ever get mad, it can be in a relationship or whatever. You expect something, but you get less. so in a situation like this, I would always recommend that you go in and you ask all the questions you need up front from the property manager, so there's no surprises then. You won't be mad. You know what I'm mean? So exactly like, interview they them. If they don't man. give you what they said, then it's like, all right, no, now I'm mad. You told me, <laughs> you told me man. <laughs> there you go. That's what I'm saying, man. Let them make the mistake. Now you got to holler at them. <laughs> yep. 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 Right.
2: Right. 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 So you, you interview them. You give them an interview.
0: Mm. Absolutely. Okay. I interview everybody. Absolutely. I interview everybody and I'll be willing to even like test them out a little bit. You know what I'm saying? Like I'll, I'll give them a, a property or two or whatever. Let them test it. I'll never hand over the entire portfolio at once. I'll never do that. I'll let them test, market sample. And if they're good, I'll give them a little more, give them a little more, give them a little more. And like now, my long-term rental company, they got all my properties in well in Fayetteville. Obviously, I got them in different states now, but in Fayetteville, North Carolina, one company, got them all. What, state, what
1: states do you invest in?
0: Uh, Georgia, Illinois, and North Carolina right now. Okay. I'm, I'm open to more. Texas, I'm open for it. I just don't have a team built out there. That's the biggest thing is I got to have the team.
1: And it's funny because I'm 1031 one. I'm doing a 1031 on that condo because I can get out of Texas because the high ass taxes, but
0: uh, you know, you can still make money here, right? You oh, absolutely, big on Texas. You can make you, you can make money in any market, and again, it just boils down to what you know, how you know how to manipulate the tools. But you can mm-hmm. make money anywhere, and that's one thing I love about real estate. Think about it. There are certain people that invest in real estate that want the non-cash flowing property to hedge against their high taxable income. Damn, Mm. that's what we look at and that's like, that's not a deal. It's a deal to somebody, (laughs) somebody. (laughs) That's what I love about real estate, man. It's like, you you can make anything happen. Now,
2: can can you give me an example of like, let's say, let's say you see something going down and and your manager, I don't know, they might not be handling it right away. And you'd be like, man, I could just jump in on this. But you prevented yourself from jumping in and handling it because no, 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 I'm paying them to do it. I'm gonna trust them to do it. Can you give me an example of that? Has that ever come up before?
0: Oh yeah. There's, there's, uh, there's times where you can always offer uh, suggestions or input as well. Cause I, I do as well. So like, for example, there was one, um, it was a tenant turnover situation. Um, they had left, they just left. Like the lease was still in place. They just left. All their payments was basically, not going through and everything else. And then I was like, ah, we can chase them down and we can do this or we can do that, you know, option A, option B. And my solution was like, why don't we do a hybrid? Like, why don't we just go ahead and start the tenant turnover? I understand that the lease is still in place, but why don't we initiate this and initiate that and go for this, right? And it was just more of like a conversation. Um, There's times where you can kind of do some of that creative problem solving, because think about it, not everybody knows everything. You might have a good solution that they may adopt into their business model, right? So it's, I'm big, I am big on communication. Always, if you got a problem with something, address it. But don't expect that company to completely morph their entire model and systems just off of your complaint, right? They may just tell you, okay, I understand this, but this is why we do X, Y, and Z. And then you should be, you know, I'm not saying that you have to be content with that but now at least you understand it, right? Because you communicated about it.
2: Right, right. And I, and I guess it takes me back to like the biggest example that I can see is you're, you're a Cowboys fan, right? Yeah. They're struggling right now. Yeah. And, yeah. <laughs> they are. And what's been the problem over these past 20 years, the biggest problem about how why the Cowboys haven't been, you know, winning Super Bowls? Jerry Jones. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Deion Sanders left. Yeah, you know <laughs> well that's what everybody would say it was jerry jones yeah. and he's the owner of the team yep. and he can't i mean, the only time he's been super successful is when he's got someone in there that won't let him meddle you know what i'm right. saying that has right. the that has the balls to stand up to him like parcells or um jimmy. or jimmy johnson you right. know and he's been uber successful with those guys but then when he puts his puppets in place where he can do this and that and he can talk to the players directly that's when it gets all
0: messed up yep that's a really, that's a really good example. That's a really good example because you're not a, you know, for the same scenario, you're not a property manager. So how the hell are you going to tell a property manager how to do their job better? You see what I'm saying? That's a really good example. Yeah. If you start trying to meddle in those places, yeah, you're going to get lackluster performance. I like you that. And, you awesome. end up
2: two and six right now in the postseason. We're
0: Cowboys fans
2: too. I know yeah, Michael's, yeah, yeah. Michael's threatening in a jump ship, but I don't think he's <laughs> in the jump
1: ship. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, that, that's, man, that's some good combo, man, because I'm real big on, you know what I'm saying, let people make mistakes, learn, and then you can focus on growing, you know, and I'm happy, I'm proud of Steve, man, because Steve went ahead, after they got that first release, and he went and got another one, I was like, yes. yeah, go
2: get another right. one after that, you know what I'm saying? And another one, yep, go for and it. another yeah. one. Um, financial freedom. Yes. Ha- have Have you attained it yet? Yes. You have, okay. Yes. And okay, and we'll, we'll go back to exit strategies too. So, is, you're doing this. I assume you love real estate, but do you have an ultimate exit strategy for for get, hopping out of this, or you just you foresee yourself doing this forever?
0: Um, so, I'm not going to sell real estate as a broker forever. I'll work with a few clients, um, but I really do enjoy educating newer agents on the same process. You know. Um, Um, you know, mentoring them and basically got into through the transaction. So I can see myself consistently doing that. Me personally, I will continue to always invest in real estate, that's, you know, that's where I'm at. You know, whether it's flips, syndications, um, luxury resorts, I don't care. It's gonna be in real estate, right? Until I have so much excess income that I can then put into stocks or whatever else that makes sense, I'm gonna stay focused in real estate. My ultimate exit strategy is non-existent, I'm not gonna lie. I've had multiple midlife, quarter life, price, whatever you want to call it, right? Where I'm just like, why why am I even doing all of this, right? And I still haven't even determined that. But I do know that when I'm able to educate, especially a veteran, but anybody on like, hey man, let's just use this, this, and this. And it drastically changes the trajectory of their life. I feel the ultimate satisfaction at that point in time, right? Mm -hmm. And so I do know that I'm going to be aligned in that manner somewhere in the future don't really know what it looks like so maybe writing some more maybe writing some more books or doing the whole uh, i have a podcast military cash flow where it's targeted to in uh, veterans on how to create more passive income things like that so you know we'll see we'll see how it all kind of turns out can you repeat that military cash flow yep military
1: cash flow that's what's up man i'm like I get, like, I've been telling people I'm happy, like, when you, people like you, Shelby, Adam, Alvin, y'all come on the show, and y'all, y'all been in the military, and y'all can help the veterans who probably don't know where to go and when they get out, that's what's yeah. up, because my dad served a long time, served, I think, 20 some years, you know, and he really did a good job with what he did when he got out, so that's what's right. up,
2: man. Yeah. So, so, like, what's the biggest mistakes with with um, youngsters entering the military, like, money-wise? Yeah,
0: that's good question. Oh, that is a really good question. So the first one is uh, buying the damn 2020 Corvette at 7% interest outside the gate. I'm like, what oh. the hell are you think? I'm telling you, like, we joke about it, but that is a serious thing. <laughs> like, they do that. And they don't know any better because they don't know financing. So they like, yeah, I can get it for 7% interest on a car loan, bro? Oh, my God. So <laughs> that's one of them. All right. Uh, two is the simple fact that, you know, most of them are 17, 18, 19. They get their first little checks. They go out, and I mean, I have a lot of tattoos. Don't get. I made mistakes, right? No, I, I'm proud of my tattoos, but I've spent a lot of money on them. That's what they do in the military. They get these first checks, and they go straight out. I'm gonna tell you, it got so bad that literally one of the tattoo shops started financing tattoos. Oh, come on, financing tattoos? <laughs> no, I come on, interest? <laughs> like, like so seriously? I mean. <laughs> mistakes um they just don't understand money right so financial literacy is, is a huge issue across america in general um is extremely uh, lacking in the military as well um there are so many benefits that the military offers to include their retirement account which is their version of a 401k it's called a thrift savings plan very very low uh management fees actually probably the best in the entire nation and they actually match up to five percent which is good. Right. And, and the fact is, as you're aware, if I put in 5% and they match 5%, when I say 5% is of the base pay, right? So just if I put in hundred dollars and they match hundred dollars, I've just made 100% return on my investment. You can't get that anywhere else. And the simple fact that, you know, newer, younger kids are joining the military and they don't even just conceptualize the benefits that they have to take advantage of it. It's one of the, you know, the, the biggest like downfalls. And so we always are just trying to educate them, like go, go to the financial office and just ask them what's available. <laughs> like just ask, They're like mm. just start taking advantage of those things.
2: Right. Or maybe let check out your podcast.
0: Yeah, check out the podcast. <laughs> we got all kinds of episodes. Yeah. <laughs> you in the military
2: i'm still wondering how how does someone repo a tattoo that'd be interesting
0: bro yeah exactly <laughs> exactly it's like oh you didn't send out debt collection like doing, <laughs> the arm off like yeah <laughs> it's ridiculous man
2: man that's cool that you're, that you're out there helping out these kids man because yeah i've heard some stories too the first thing they want to do is buy the bad baddest, the baddest ass car out there yep. and um Man, it's 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 crazy, and and they they have such like a, like you said a lot of opportunities, and right. they could even like I said they could buy a house in every everywhere they're deployed. They can yeah. buy a house in every every city that they're going to, man, and you and you, with those VA loans they could buy up to a fourplex.
0: Is that correct? That's correct. Ooh, man, that's... that's correct. So zero percent down. I, I always every time I sit down with a, a young soldier, I say, Hey, man, how would you like to have twelve rentals in three years? And they're like, What? I'm like, nope, serious. Get a fourplex first year with the VA. You have to wait 12 months before you can use the VA again. Another fourplex, another fourplex, because there's a limit to how much you can leverage. But you can literally, in theory, literally walk away with 12 rental units in three years, zero money down. <laughs> Believe me, all, all their eyes are,
2: <gasps> you know what uh, I'm mean?
0: saying? But you just have to know what to look for, right? Knowing the questions to ask. But absolutely, it's definitely possible
2: that's beautiful man Dang. This, this has been like an amazing episode we appreciate you hopping on Mike G Wait. in the house and um, yeah man it is where can people find you first of all
0: yeah yeah I mean you can find me on anything obviously 5 uh, com. you can go to my Instagram michael.s.glasby you can find me on Facebook Mike G two, I think something like that um, militarycashflow.com and then I'm working on my own little personal website if you just want to see what the hell I'm doing there so yeah you can find me anywhere Sweet, any, um,
2: any advice for people out there that wanna like, you know, hop into it, wanna do it?
0: Yeah, 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 absolutely. So the, the biggest thing is, again, again, start with the end in mind. What is the entire reason you're investing? Some people call it their why, right? Or whatever, that's fine. But once you can truly visualize what you want your life to look like, then you'll understand what strategy is gonna be best for you. Then at that point, once you know the strategy, then you can identify the criteria so, if we say a thousand square foot, three bedroom, two, right? It's like a literal science almost. Then at that point, you have no reason not to take action because it's all laid out specifically customized for you. Now, if you're not making, if you're not taking action, it's just not high enough on your priority. You really just don't care that much.
1: So That'll be, be my. <laughs> I like that. Yeah, that's a fact. That's a
2: fact. Well, thank you, Mike G, for hopping on. And we look forward to having you again in the future, man. This is awesome.
0: Absolutely, man! I greatly appreciate it, guys. It's it's been fun. Yeah, you inspired the hell out of me. I got some homework to do. I like it. I like it. Get to (laughs) studying straight up.
2: All right, man. We'll take care, and we'll see you soon.
0: All right, we'll do. All right.
1: All right. That was Mike G coming with the game, man. That he inspired the hell out of me. So I'm definitely, I'm definitely about to go look into some private money tomorrow. (laughs)
2: <laughs> man every guest we learn something new man it's insane we're on yeah, a, that's roll. a
1: fact man that's why i love this podcast Man, you meet so many cool people man inspiring people so i'm definitely that definitely helped me it's like it was for a reason Without he was on man that definitely helped me
2: and it's funny that um i was you know it's it's kind of cheesy whatever i, I don't know That's like man i need something to, something to so- I was feeling a little bit low. I need something to pump me up, you know, pump me up today. So I looked on YouTube and I found um, T- Anthony, uh, Tony Robbins. Um, um What's it called? The what's the famous one? The awake, the something within, the, at least the power within. And, and they had the whole thing on there, you know, an hour long, whatever. You were in your living room? It was in my car, on my way, in my truck on my way to, my trunk, my <laughs> way to work. Like, yes, yeah, what's up? And But I mean, it's, it's, oh man, it's some of it's like, it seems like common sense stuff, but it's freaking true. Like, for example, you know, you're going to be the sum of who you hang out with, who you, who you're around, yeah. you know? And he goes, if you're just hanging out with your old college friends that just want to drink and do nothing and just, and, and then you get an aspiration, hey, I want to do this. Oh man, you know, that's too much. You know, you, they, they try to bring you back down to their level, right? Whereas you get into a group like with us, you know, with our friends and our real estate contacts, it's like, man, no, oh, no, you could, shoot, you can go higher than that, man. What do you, what do you just want a, a, a duplex? Get a, get a quad, get it, get an apartment. Con- you know, it's people, we try to push each other up to do more, you know, and, and then it's just, it's just infectious. If other, on, the contra- on the contrary, you lie with, you lie with fleas, you get, you lie with dogs, you get fleas, you know what I'm saying?
1: The fastest way to kill a dream is tell it to a small minded person. So you gotta know who you're around yeah oh
2: man yeah yeah, yeah. That's, that's the that, fastest
1: way to kill a dream man.
2: this mike gf was is a lot like it, yeah. it got me like like hype just like um adam adam john the adam james episode man it's just yeah. like wow man just damn man
1: I'm, i really gotta say man we didn't have some damn good guests on this show bro like we've got adam johnson adam james mike Glaspie, shelby We've had some like I'm telling you, if y'all have not watched all of our podcasts, we've had some, we've had some heavy hitters on this podcast. Like maybe, I don't know if y'all haven't watched, but we've had like some real live heavy hitters, deep thinkers, philosophers, you know. And Steve's going to always come with the philosophical questions every week. So yeah, man, that was that was we really have, man. And I'm happy. You, I'm happy you. uh So how did did you ease up off the uh, property management company?
2: Um. Kind of, sort of, (laughs) kind of sort of. Well, the thing is, uh, what happened? The 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 renters that were had the one had it tied up for the whole year. Right. Yeah. Well, she's she's jumping ship because she she has to get surgery and she can't go up and down stairs anymore. Right. Mm -hmm. And so I even we even kind of like, hey, well, you could just, you know, transfer your lease to the bottom unit, whatever. Mm -hmm. And so and I guess she wasn't going for that for some reason or whatever. Anyways, I don't know how... They, see, the, here's the thing. I don't know how they set up the lease. It's like a 12-month lease. They got to pay that shit, right? Or... Mm-hmm. The, she said something that's like set up month to month. So I was already... I was already shit, counting my chickens before it's had. She was supposed to pay on the first of the month. But she's like... She just bounced instead. You know what I'm saying? Pay for this... You know how you pay the first of the month for the next month coming up? Yeah. And paid. so... I, I'm sort of getting that I, I'm trying to communicate with them. And like I said, they're not the best on communication. But I was like, she's saying something like, well, she uh, she in the least she agreed to pay like, a you know, a kind of a relaying fee if she bounced, you know, which if she's leaving already, why would she be motivated to pay it anyways? I don't know what's going on with it. They're working on it. They said we're working on getting you another long term stay or this and that. I just want to be in the loop of that because I didn't see my money on the first, you know what I'm saying? And like you said, cause like I said, she was going to supposed to pay on the first and she, she left instead on the first.
1: They didn't collect a security deposit.
2: They won't answer my questions, man. She's working on it. She's working on it. So I know I'm saying that's, that's, you would collect a security like what $1,500 okay, $1, yeah, deposit. Now, okay.
1: okay. So now it's the first of the month and you didn't collect no paper. No paper. Now, now it's time to yeah. Now, now it's time. You got to get that call in. Like, hey, player, we we got to run some numbers and we got to talk. You know what I mean? See, now you you at that point. At first, I was like, man, kind of ease up. But yeah, now you at that point. So, so for example, this past weekend, I just hired two managers, Federico being one of them, and he's doing a hell of a job. I, I gave him, I came the I gave him the keys to the Porsche. Like, look. If this dude ain't getting it done, get rid of him. If she ain't getting it done, get rid of him too. You know what I'm saying? You take over the hours. You can hire VAs. I don't go Damn, He's on it. Like, he knows. You know what I mean? And -hmm. then I handed over the other reins in my Arkansas operation fully over to my mom, and she's handling that. And so what I'm going to do is monthly, we'll just have a meeting. Once a month, let me know how everything's going. If you need my help, holler at me. Because what I'm trying to do is, just like Mike Glaspie said, man, I'm trying to get into where I'm just acquiring deals because I got these renovations going on. You know what I mean? And I I was kind of like, I was like at a crossroads. You know, when you, I felt like I had bit off more than I could chew. And I'm like, man, damn, I'm going to do this. You know what I'm saying? I'm like, I can't move money right now. They already said, Mike, don't move no money. We already got your refinance locked in. So appraiser goes out tomorrow and then, but the, the guy just gave me a quote on my condo, which I'm like, man, I like the quote and I don't want to really want to hold off. But, you know, I was like, man, I, and then Mike really inspired me. He said, we don't say we can't, we look at how I'm like, that's what I got to get to. And that's why I said, that's why I asked him that question. And he gave me the perfect answer. Hmm. So, we got to get real creative out here, man. But um, yeah, man, uh, I'll let them immediately. You know, you might have to roll up on somebody's door if you have to. I need my money and I need my money on time.
2: That's what I'm saying. Yeah, so it's got that going on. So whatever.
1: Well, I have another question then. If they don't pay, do you have to pay the management fee?
2: Well, not not if I didn't get paid. Not for this month. I guess that what well, I guess what they'll be doing is throwing it back on Airbnb for this month. But like I said, I haven't. I mean, I think like they said, I'm giving them the benefit of the doubt because she said the one that works with me, Nicole, she said that um, well, they're 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 working on get you another long term renter as we speak because there's like a, a waiting list to get long term renters into into these spots. And so, okay, well then that's all I know. Anything, anything else, you know, have you heard anything else? So I'm just, I'm just waiting. I mean, it'd be great if I get another long-term stayer in there. Like you said, if there is that waiting list, and they're trying to accommodate one right now. Plus I get that, you know, cancellation fee or whatever that from that from that person that was staying there. Yeah. That would be a win-win, but I don't like the no communication part. I like, keep me in the loop. Let me, let me know something. Hey, even though just like, Hey, we're still working on it. Hey, this or that, you know, but man, just like cutting me off cold. Uh you know, that's a big deal. Where's my money? <laughs>
1: yeah. now, how, 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 now how long does it, their communication usually take?
2: It just depends. It could be immediate sometimes when it's whatever issue, like a small thing. But if like something like this, like, like I, the last time I asked was about 6 30 today. And um, nothing, but I had asked, wait a minute, I asked before that at ten thirty-seven AM and nothing. So I hadn't had a response all day from them on this Damn. situation. I, I'm just saying. I, I hey man, I might have to jump ship on that shit. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> no, I'm saying I don't know, man. Like well,
2: you like just like Mike G said, he, you, might, you might throw one property at them, see how they do, you know? Yeah, that's a fact. And then if they do good, throw another one at them. Like I said, well, they did, they technically were doing good because they cut that first one rented out for a year. And so that's I, so why, I, well, I give them the benefit of the doubt. I'll throw this one at them. And so hopefully they're not just dropping balls, man. So we will see.
1: I hate to hear that, man. Yeah, you can got your paper on the first, man. But
2: like you said, deposit, right? That's, that's like the one, one oh, at least send me that freaking deposit. They're not going to get the deposit back if they jump ship without without any notice.
1: Okay. I'm going to give you a position on that a little bit. And that kind of happened to me with this condo I'm in right now. So I worked out a deal with the lady who checked in. I, it was a bad deal on my part. I was being too nice. Um, so she, she ended up canceling her lease early. But I'm but I didn't keep – I'm not keeping her deposit because of the lease that I made up for her. I told her due to COVID, because I know a lot of le- a lot of nurses are losing their – not really losing their jobs, but their uh, contracts are getting cut short. So I put a clause in there. I like, Dave, you get your contract cut short. I won't charge you if you have to cut the lease. You know what I mean? I should have protected myself because I don't know, but she had to go back to New York. But I don't know if she really had to or, hey, you just know you can get out this lease, you know. So – I know a lot of nurses are coming with that. So even like it might've happened to your property management crew. I don't know. But, but to me, I look at it as a, look at it as a win for me. Cause now I can go ahead and get this thing sold and get to where I want to be. You know what I mean? But mm-hmm. yeah, you definitely got to watch leases right now with COVID going on. You know what I mean? You um, gotta be real careful with what they're telling you and what you put in the lease. I keep it a hundred with you, my personal experience. Collect the security deposit. If you cancel the lease early, sorry, your security deposit's not refundable. You know what I mean? hmm
2: Yeah, so, yeah. Yeah. Simple, simple real estate one on one stuff right there. Yeah. But, but I don't I don't know if they implemented it.
1: Yeah. And that's a good question. Cause I, I don't it's so hard with COVID going on, bro. Like even I got into one of them situations where, you know, I kind of slid it by, but I gotta send a five hundred dollar deposit. I ain't tripping, you know because i i signed it it was on me
2: yeah no no you live and learn right that's this covid this COVID right? thing is throwing everything for a loop it is
1: that's exactly what it is but yeah
2: and man, i'm understanding. understanding and if it was something like that yeah I, I would understand but she knew the surgery might happen and she was i don't know it, it, i learned it from i learned it from um across the hall. Um, what's her name? Um, Sarah was doing another unit across the mm-hmm. hall from that one, from my, from my unit upstairs. And she had just bumped into the lady, you know, they just got a small talk and she's saying, yeah, you know, I love this place, but you know, I might have to get surgery and I won't be able to go up and down the stairs, blah, blah, blah. So Sarah sent me a heads up and I sent it to local. And of course, and, and they started, like I said, they didn't reach out to me. I had to like hit them up a bunch of times. Hey, talk to this girl, talk to this girl, try to accommodated to the bottom one you know and then i'll i'll rent that one on airbnb again and um and they and i guess they said they did you know after the fact whatever they, whatever they did i don't know if they dropped the ball or something like that because she's not going to stay she's just going to leave altogether yeah and the reason is because of the surgery it's not because you know she's getting you know transferred to another hospital or whatever this and that she, she that's what she said that was going to happen she gave no notice and then they said all right well if you all they said was well if you can't if you're not going to stay in this next month you got to leave right now is which is even more weird because she was going to leave like on the 7th right and they so, said no well you're not going to pay for this month you got to leave right now and so they, they she left like today is my
1: question was this a traveling nurse
2: yeah a travel nurse hmm. but she's getting surgery on her foot so she won't be able to walk
1: damn
2: and whatever anyways so it's it's a it's a mess right now and i don't know
1: man, rest, either way
2: i think i think the unit's a great unit and i think it's gonna it's gonna it's gonna still do good on on whatever yeah. short-term rental platform or long-term or whatever so
1: you gotta keep that positivity you know it will man it'll bounce back you know but thinking?
2: like the like the main the big thing i got out of mike you know listening to mike g well, especially with the managing the managers part, as like he interviews them. I didn't do that. I just said, Okay, well, here you go, you know. And now I'm learning this shit as I go. I said, Okay, so what if a, what if a long term deal comes at y'all? What are y'all gonna do? Let me see your lease, let me see how you have it written. And then then um, yeah, they'll show it to me and I'll say, Okay, well maybe well, maybe you should put a deposit just in case they want to try to leave or break the lease. Maybe you should do this, maybe you should do that. Just, you know, talk to them before I sign a contract for them to be the, you know my my managers that's, that's your
1: expectations
2: that's a simple thing but it's like wow that's a, that's a huge deal right there yeah you know you wouldn't hire an employee at mcdonald's without freaking interviewing them first right <laughs> that's real <man>.
1: <laughs> <laughs> that's real talk man that's real talk
2: <sighs> so anyways that's where we're at and um yeah this is a great episode i love doing this i love learning and growing and, and every, you know, there's no failures. There's no failures. It's just learning experiences, right? Yeah.
1: I'm, 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 I'm going to say I, I'm happy. You know what I'm saying? I'm happy. We Sometimes learning is a bitch, but, I mean, you got to do it. You know what I mean? That, that's really <laughs> you to fight, like, you know, damn, I lost money on this. You know what I mean? But you got to do it. Um, but like you said, you got to do the interview. And I'm going to kind of say something off of my, from my marriage mastermind from last night I was on in life don't skip steps straight up don't skip steps you know i'm saying make sure you go through life on the proper steps interviewing people you know i'm saying we can't skip steps out here when we skip steps it comes back to bite us
2: you know every every time every time every time so
1: so yeah you can catch us and live let thrive instagram live let thrive we always post a new good content you can email us at live let thrive at gmail.com and hit us up on ig not only follow us, but you can follow our personal pages, Micah Artist and Stephen Shea Suarez. Um, and they're actually below us, both those links. But yeah. Um, live and you learn, but don't let it get to you. You already know you're a hustler, you a hustler, it's gonna come back to you.
2: Live and let and thrive. Yeah, and we are out. Later. Peace.
0: Thank you for tuning in to this week's episode of Live Let Thrive. Be sure to tune in next week for all the latest in the world of Airbnb and all that entails. Bye-bye.